The Mudlark Podcast. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Mudlark Podcast. Just a reminder of what the Mudlark Podcast is about. It's a, a podcast um, where we are encouraging people to engage with local contextual mission to share their experiences and then to facilitate learning via a short conversation. It's called the Mudlark Podcast because the uh, mudlarks would go down by the sea or the river's edge and look for treasures in their local area. And um, mudlarks would go down to the harbour in Gosport and Portsmouth to see what treasure might be found there, to see what was revealed by the tide and to be passed on coins by passers-by. Um, in our podcast we have three values. Uh, we love local contextual mission, we love finding God in the everyday and we love sharing stories. And I'm going to ask ask our guests today four questions. What are you doing? Why are you doing it? How did it start? And what are you finding? Now, I should point out that this podcast, this episode is being recorded in the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic. And so my guest and I are in separate uh, places. And also we are um, recording this conversation via a phone. So the sound quality might not be brilliant, but I hope you'll stick with us. So... Um, Hello, hi Carrie. Hello, good could you, to be with you. And, and yeah, thank you for joining me in the podcast today. Um, could you tell us something about yourself, please? So, my name is Mother Carrie Thompson. Um, I'm the vicar of Thornton, which is in Gosport, which is on the south coast of England, in Portsmouth Diocese. Um, I'm currently sitting in my garden, so my two kind of background noises are birdsong and traffic, uh, which is nicely contextual and probably sums up where we are um it's a beautiful place to live but also a place that's busy and urban and has lots of challenges for and particularly um has lots of challenges in terms of um deprivation and lack of opportunity um and so uh, i've been here about uh, just over 12 years um, so it's a good place to be Thank you, Carrie. And um, I should I should say at the beginning that we are colleagues. I'm licensed to your parish as a pioneer minister, um, and it's always amazing to see what you get up to, Carrie. Indeed. Well, it's good. I think we kind of have a good relationship. You do some wacky stuff, um, and I do some slightly less wacky stuff. <laughs> Who knows? Indeed. Now, um, well, there's loads of things that we could talk about, but um, we've got one uh, one thing in particular to speak about today. So, Carrie, what are you doing? Uh, well, we have uh, a, a slightly odd thing. Um, we are now Gosport's premier live music venue. Now, to be fair, that is quite a low baseline. Uh, before we started this, there were um, some things happening there. Uh, obviously, pubs and, and a few kind of cafes and stuff have live music going on, but uh, by by kind of logic, they're fairly small venues. Um, and so we have a big old Victorian church, uh, and about every couple of months, when there's not a global health pandemic, we move all the chairs and the local recording studio set up all their equipment. Uh, and there are lots and lots of local live bands coming to play and people come and drink and dance and socialise and um, just feel at home in the church. So unofficially, it's known as Cool Gig in a Church. Absolutely. Cool gig in a church. And I've I've been fortunate to come along to the cool gigs in the church a few times and always been blown away. So uh, what's, what's it look like on the night? So what happens is we actually, um, a lot of the equipment now is kind of in situ in church. So the guys come in from Key West Studios about three o'clock in the afternoon. Um, I uh, kind of go off and do something else and they just 
pack on with everything and I come back and there's just stuff everywhere, you know, speakers and cables and leads and stuff. Um, and then the bands come in and rehearse and normally we have chips. Um, and then about 7, 7.30, people start arriving. And it's a really interesting night. There are obviously lots of young people and that's, you know, the bit that the church always gets excited about because, you know, we have all these 20 and 30-somethings in church, which is a thing that doesn't often happen in churches. But actually, it's a really kind of multi-generational space. So uh, lots of the bands are local, so their mums and dads and nans and aunties come along. Um, people bring their kids. Um, it's just a really kind of chilled-out evening. Um, people have a drink and a dance and um, smoke fag outside and all of that kind of stuff. Um, but actually... It's a really good, it had a kind of a really nice community vibe to it. Yeah, and I, th- I think, um, so I, rem- I remember one time being there and uh, you, uh, a parent came up to you and said uh, it was like her son's 18th birthday and, and he was drumming in one of the bands or something and was just she was just blown away by the opportunity he'd received from being able to play in the church. Yeah, it's a really, the feedback has been really interesting from people. And obviously the drunker they get, the more kind of earnestly they talk to you. Um, <laughs> but, so lots of people say, well, you know, I'm not religious, but, you know, that's the thing people say, I'm not religious, but, um, but it's amazing that the church is open and this is what a church should be here for and it's really lovely to come inside. And what's really interesting is that loads of people say, oh, it's so brilliant that it's a living church. And when yeah. people started to say that to me and to my church warden, Paul, who um, is in many ways the driving force behind all of this, um, when people started to say that, we were like, what on earth are they talking about living church? Um, but actually what they mean is, obviously there are like clubs and pubs around the country that are in redundant church buildings. You know, they've got that kind of gothic churchy vibe. But actually there's something really important about the fact that people dance the night away on a Saturday night and then we move all the chairs back and say Mass on a Sunday. And that seems to be that kind of connection between those two aspects of church and community seems to be really important to people who might not even come in the door on a Sunday morning. Absolutely, and I think that's... That, that, so that you, you're right, there are those spaces all over the place where you've got uh, an, a, an old church that's turned into an arts venue and, and is exclusively an arts venue, uh, whereas you've got this amazing space that... Like you say, a Friday, Saturday night, there's a, there's this amazing uh, set of gigs going on, and then within 24 hours, it's turned into uh, a Eucharistic um, service of yeah, a Eucharistic service. It's just it's it's incredible. Now, it's it's also worth um, so w- when people some some folk might think of gigs in a church, they might be thinking of uh, Bach's Third Concerto or the <laughs> who knows uh, community choir um what kind of music is is played um well it's kind of all sorts um except that there's very little bark concertos i don't know to be honest <laughs> I don't know. So, so there are other churches in the locality that do some of that stuff with organ recitals and all of that but actually what we do is provide a space for local musicians so it tends to be um indie rock kind of um going towards metal, all of that kind of stuff. So um, so it's not, you know, it's not Soul Survivor, it's not kind of explicitly Christian music at all. Um, it's people coming and playing their, their music, their kind of secular music. Although I think for a lot of people there's something quite, there's a kind of spiritual experience about it. Um, but yeah, it's certainly not 
churchy music. And when we started to think about it, actually, um, to think around some of the theology of it, because it is, you know, there are some questions around, you know, kind of is this appropriate in a, in a church space? And we are, I should point out, a kind of high church, Anglo-Catholic bells and smells place. Um, so obviously place and sacrament and respect for the altar and all of that is really important to us. But when we started to think through the theology of it, we thought, well, actually, there is no difference. You know, if you can have Vivaldi's Four Seasons, which is not a religious piece, played by an orchestra in Smile in the Fields in London, then you can equally have somebody coming and playing a guitar and doing a, you know, doing a kind of metal cover or doing the songs that they've written too. Absolutely, yeah, and uh, and 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 you know, um, talking of metal covers, there's been a, 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 a quite a decent mosh pit at St John's <laughs> at these gig well, nights. I, I have to say, mostly organised by you. <laughs> I mean, your, your moshing is now famous. People are like, "Oh, where's that cool vicar?" I'm like, "I'm the cool vicar." <laughs> Now, I mean, it is, you're absolutely right, there's a really interesting thing that uh, for the young people who attend, and actually for, for all those uh, attending, that this uh, has become something of a sacred space where, like you say, this music, uh, that the Four Seasons might not be uh, sacred music as such, but for, for some people it would have a spiritual feel to it, and, um, and there's a real sense that this is uh, more than just a gig space. Yeah, absolutely. And you can kind of see that in the, in the way that people behave, actually, because, I mean, another thing that we had to think about was around kind of security and respect for the space. And obviously what you don't want is people kind of lighting up inside the church or being sick or having a fight or whatever. And actually, we have not, touch wood, had any problems like that at all, you know, no matter how many people come in or how kind of excited they are or whatever. We haven't had any that's had to be broken up or anything really that we've had to say that's not really appropriate people are really respectful and they treat the space really respectfully um and i think that's quite interesting theologically because at the moment obviously we're all outside of our churches and people are starting to do a lot of thinking about the theology of place um and there was an article um written by in fact somebody who used to teach me at seminary um talking about you know the consecration of a church and if we stop praying in churches do they kind of lose some of their holiness or sacredness um and and i'm not quite sure about that yet but i think there is a space there is a sense that because it's a prayed in space and because obviously for some of those folks they've been here for a christening or a funeral or a wed you know it's a it's a kind of locally loved space there is something um kind of numinous about it there is something sacred and important and to be respected and loved yeah, and uh, I mean, it, w one one of the things that is so striking at the gig nights is the way that you and your church wardens hold the space, um, giving a lot of space for uh, the 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 musicians and the setup, but and and holding lightly that people are wandering around all over the place and just kind of exploring the space as well. Yeah, well, I mean, I think it's an overused term now, but I think there is something kind of incarnational about the sense that actually, you know, we we have this theology that says that God doesn't just sit up in heaven, but actually God, you know, uh, is human and and walked around Galilee and, and drank and went to the loo and um, went to pubs and talked to people and all of that kind of stuff. And actually there's something quite important about saying to people, you know, if you can use the space respectfully, then this is, you know, it's not it's not my space. It doesn't belong to me or to the Church of England or to the people who come on a Sunday. It's 
community space and actually it's really important that you are embodied and you feel comfortable and you feel at home because it's it's your space as much as it is my space yeah and there's something beautiful there and um, one of the, the the difficult dynamics with anything like this can be sometimes sometimes be the um uh who is the host and who is the guest and so we can easily have an initiative where whereby the church is very much the host um and that uh, those who attend something are the guest whereas this feels very much that the host is um the key west studios and you in partnership but actually that um it, that, that kind of the delineation of of host and guest kind of blurs away that it, it kind of does feel this whole community gathering together yeah, and, and partly that probably comes from the history of the project. So um, if I can kind of rewind all the way back. Um, the, how this started um, was that about six or seven years ago, I had an email out the blue from somebody who just moved into the, this area who was uh, an Elvis tribute act. His name is Mike Nova. And he said, where I lived before, I used to go into Midnight Mass and I'd sing a couple of songs before Mass started. And would you like me to do that here? And so I thought, why not? So we had him in, he sang a couple of songs, people really liked it. And then he said, actually, I've got mates, can we come and do a gig? So they did a couple of gigs in the church, which were kind of Elvis gospel-y. So they were still quite religious in tone. Um, and we hosted them, but it was their gig, essentially. Um, and then they did a Beatles act, so we had the Beatles act in. Um, and as that was going on, there was a guy who teaches music, his name's Chris, who teaches music at our local sixth form college, who was walking past the door and heard the Beatles coming from the church, which is, I suppose, not always a thing here. And so popped in and said, I've got some kids in college who'd love to do a, a kind of end-of-term concert. Would you mind if we came and used the space? And I said, fine. And, and I kind of thought, you know, it was going to be a bar concerto or two. Um, but actually, they were, you know, they were, came in and they were doing temporary music and there were bands and, and drum kits and what have you. And Key West came and did the, the kind of light and sound for that. Um, and so on the back of that, then Key West said, you know, this would be an awesome place for a gig. And so, that, so really, it's, the, it's kind of come from them. It's not us having gone out and saying, you know, we would like to do this. Can you come and serve our needs as a church? you know, with the kind of secret ambition of getting people to accept Jesus as their personal saviour. <laughs> um, um, it has been, you know, it is very much a partnership. And actually, you, you know, as a vicar, it's blooming marvellous because they literally come in and do everything. And all I do is walk around and say, oh, how lovely. And, you know, serve the bar and, uh, you know, and talk to folks. So, yeah, so I think because it was set up very much as, something that was organic and came out of um people saying you know this is a real need in our community because i think often what churches do is they're like oh we have this great idea we're gonna run a whatever it is you know homeless shelter or tea party or whatever and they haven't really stopped to think is this what people want is this what people need is there somebody else who could do it better than us you know is there somebody else already doing it but actually because it came from people who are already in that world and know that there was a need for a bigger and kind of freer venue in all senses of the word um we were able to kind of come into partnership and so i think it does feel much less like you know the church is putting this on for the poor of the parish um and more like something that is just us blessing our local community together 
Absolutely, and, and if you looked at the uh, like a fresh expressions journey or something, you'd always start with listening. And what's been really interesting is the 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 studio and Chris and the team from uh, the college have been doing the listening, uh, listening out for spaces to perform. They've they've been the ones who've instigated this, and your job has been to respond and enable. And that's that's really exciting that you've been able to partner from the grassroots upwards, and that the initiative has has come from them and you know that th they know what the need is and and you've responded um in a way that's facilitated that need to be met which is just amazing and really exciting and kind of by accident you know i can't claim credit for it i can't say that i went on 15 fresh expressions conferences and you know <laughs> read a load of books and thought you know let me now listen to the needs of my community you know um but but it is you know to use religious terminology it, you know, it kind of does feel like a bit of a moment of grace, really. Um, and, you know, my church warden, Paul, otherwise known as the Elf, um, kind of, after this happened, said, do you know what, I've been praying for this to happen for years and years and years. Wow. You know, and that's not something he shared with anyone. It's not something that we knew anything about. But he always had this kind of sense that, you know, wouldn't it be great to have a gig in this place? Um, and so you kind of never know, you know, you never know when your prayers will be answered or how they'll be answered, you never know what seeds you're planting. And, and actually, I think it's only kind of happened because the church, you know, because we've been on a journey of just trying to be present in our community for, you know, a long while now. So I think that's kind of how it's happened. It's just uh, certainly not a thing that we kind of woke up one day and thought, oh, let's, you know, this is a marvellous idea from Jesus, let's do this. Um, it, I think because it's organic, it works. Yeah, and, and uh, so we'll kind of go on to the second question, and you've answered some of this already, but what, why are you doing it? What What is the thing, what is it about this project that just excites you? Well, I mean, you know, so like I say, um, we're doing it because it's what the community wants and needs. Um, so that's the kind of short answer, the TLDR, if you like. Um, I think from a, from a theological point, it's really important that this, to us, um, that this is not... Uh, kind of gateway, you know, we're not trying to get people in through the back door, so we're not saying, oh, you know, since you're here, would you like to come to our, you know, 8am <laughs> prayer or something? Um, because, because obviously, you know, that's, that's kind of not going to work. And, and I think there's a, you know, there is some evangelism which maybe is a bit almost dishonest. Yeah. Um, you know, that kind of, oh yes, you know, come to this completely, completely, um, you know, no strings attached dinner, and all of a sudden, you know, could you join our flower writer? Um, so, it's, so it's precisely not that. Um, and and we did it almost with no kind of evangelistic kind of intent. Um, but in actual fact, um, of course, you, you start having conversations with people because those big issues around um death and life and suffering and why am I here and what am I doing are issues which loads of people think about whether they would class themselves as religious or not so within that context we have been able to have lots of good conversations with folks um, a couple of folks have asked for bibles um, people have talked to us about all sorts of things um, and we have perhaps more importantly made lots of connections with people and again you know who knows where that's going to bear fruit in Five, ten, twenty-five, fifty years. Who knows? Absolutely, you'd hope that there's a, you know, uh, that, that 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 the the space is known as a safe space, and that if anyone should find themselves in a difficult situation, they would know to 
that there are people there that would care. And uh, I mean, I, I witnessed one of your conversations with when you did give out one of the Pew Bibles, and it was just a, a beautiful exchange. The way that um, y y y you know that that person probably went to a gig that night for a good night out, and never thought at any point they'd be going home with a religious text, but not having shoved, you didn't shove it in their face. They, they'd gone and and halfway through the gig or whatever had started a conversation and wanted to take something home from that, which is amazing. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think one of the challenges for us will be, do we, you know, because you don't, like, the last thing I want to do is get into that thing of, you know, while you're here, have this track. But there is a question <laughs> about whether we want to stop producing some things for people who do want to take it home. or You know, there are, there are all sorts of ways that we might, yeah. we might kind of grow that and just be enable people to connect more yeah really exciting um now the third question how did it start you've you've explained is there anything else you'd like to say about that um no except except that i think it it's always a kind of organic thing and it always will grow um and obviously at the moment you know everything's on lockdown um but but i think it, we're just sitting really lightly to what might happen with it in the future um and the, the all the parishes in gospel are going through a big reorganization at the moment and you know there are some things that we had hoped to do to develop um our particularly our kind of connection with particularly young adults that have stalled because of that and you know hopefully we can kind of build on that in the future so we'll we'll see where it goes really yeah, I mean, you, you, you know, this is uh, such a, a a wonderful initiative coming from the community, and if the because the, the, the great irony is if the, you, you wanted to plan a mission to youngsters in the community, um, you, you, I don't think you'd get anything quite like this. <laughs> anything. Well, indeed, and this is the thing, and it, and it, so it, it sort of, you know, the the kind of literature is often, you know, you need to put on a special service for this, that and the other. Um, and that might be something that we'll do kind of way down the line. But but actually, you know, there is that sense that if you put it on, you know, if you put on a youth service, you'd probably get young people who are already Christians go to it. Um, and so what we're actually getting is, you know, if, if something grows from this, if there does come to be a kind of worshipping or fellowshipping community, then it will, I'm sure, look very unlike anything that I could have pulled out of my brain. Because <laughs> it's going to be completely kind of grassroots up. Absolutely. Um, and, and then my last question to you, Carrie, is, is what are you finding? Again, you, you've answered some of this, but uh, anything in particular that you're finding that you may or may not have been expecting? Um, I, th I think I'm simply bowled over by by the response to the space in particular, by yeah. the kind of respectful um, nature of that and, and how important that is. And I think in a time when um, sometimes, again, you know, the kind of received wisdom is, well, you can open a church in a supermarket or a cafe or, or whatever, and, and you can, and there's nothing wrong with any of those things, um, but that doesn't mean that our old freezing cold Victorian, <laughs> you know, or medieval or whatever spaces aren't important to people because actually there is the sense that, that this is something important in our community and it's a place, you know, um, to, to use slightly weird language, it's a place that is kind of soaked in prayer where actually people for 100 plus years have been going to 
rejoice or cry or pray or scream or shout or whatever. Um, so I think that's, you know, that's something that's really important. Um, I think the other thing is that it has, it has changed me quite a lot and my okay. theology. Um, and I come from a very full-blooded Anglo-Catholic background and I wouldn't want to deny that. Um, but actually, I've kind of had to... Um, I've been brought up short a lot of times by those little questions like, oh my goodness, there are now 77 empty cans of dark fruit cider on my side altar. And it kind of both is and it isn't really. Um, because, because on one level, yes, it's an altar, nothing should go on it, you know. Um, and on another, of course it's not and people should come into the... But, on a more profound level, you know, if the altar is the place that we bring God to the people and the people to God, if the altar is the place on which we offer um, those things which are precious to us and have kind of come out of our labour and our money and our treasure, um, then actually, if this is, you know, if what we're doing is something that's precious and important, and if fellowship is important and drinking with friends and eating with friends, which is kind of how altars started, um, then maybe there's something quite profound about sticking your, your can of cider on, a, on, a, on an altar. Absolutely, and I love the way that the uh, not only did the initiative come from the community, but that the the praxis, the practice of this this gathering is uh, is shaping and indeed uh, you're wrestling with your own theology uh, in response to what is what is happening, which is really exciting position to be in. Yeah, and and I think often in kind of traditional quote unquote parochial ministry, um, you can get things can get a little bit, not quite humdrum because there's always crisis, um, but, you know, you, you kind of, you, you settle down into what you think you believe and what you think you know and you just kind of carry on doing the same thing year on year and actually doing something which is radically different does kind of make, does kind of throw all those things up in the air again and I think, I think as Christians we should not be afraid of that even as, as clergy or ministers, we shouldn't be afraid of that because isn't that what the faith is all about you know it should be about grappling and questioning and and seeing what what springs up new absolutely uh, carrie thank you so much for sharing this time and for sharing your experiences of the cool gig in a church community really thank you so much you are most welcome and um you know check out when the next one is whenever we all get back to life i'm sure i'm sure the next one will be an absolute banger so how would we find out more details about that carrie um they will be on our church website which is www.fortonchurch.org or you can check out key west social media they are at key west studios so that's key as in boat key q u a y key west studios excellent thank you very much lovely to speak to you tim yeah, Enjoy take care. Thanks. All right. Well, what, a, what an amazing conversation with Mother Carrie Thompson sharing uh, her experience of the Cool Gig in a Church initiative. I just think that is one of the most wonderful things to hear about. Um, and a few things about that. The fact that actually all of the drive for this came from within the community came from those already doing things that it wasn't Carrie who drove this that Carrie opened this up and made this possible 
by opening up the church by uh, by stepping into that place of vulnerability um to you know that she she reflected on that whole thing of host and guest and uh, has just enabled enabled other people to host something in the church and be part of that and to journey with that and i absolutely love how uh carrie is so theologically minded and is working through this and that this exciting mission initiative that has emerged in her context is helping and informing her and shaping her and 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 she's really wrestling with uh, all the stuff of her theology and it's a really exciting um it's exciting to see i just think there's lots of us could learn an awful lot from carrie and this amazing mission initiative that's happening at St. John's Forton. So, uh, yeah, do join us again for another Mudlark podcast in due course. The Mudlark Podcast.